Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers. Find out how you can listen early and also ad-free uh, at patreon.com slash sunranto. It's easy. It's simple. You get your own RSS feed and you never have to listen to ads like this one. Because the Sunranto Show is also brought to you by my bookie. Now, I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when you're putting money on it. Now, sometimes I just got a gut feeling about the matchup and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. The Cubs. Regardless... Whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, MyBookie is your best bet this season at MyBookie.ag. So if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you like, for example, bet the Cubs to win and the Cardinals to lose. Uh, now, if you're going to bet this season, just do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you really want to support your team, the Cubs, this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. Join right now. MyBookie's going to double your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR. It activates the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, and it doubles your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today because you play, you win, and then you get paid. Okay, so uh, we're going to bring um, up to the stage real quick. Uh, I'll get off the stage, actually. Uh, we're going to bring up some of the best minds in Cubs baseball uh, in the bloggers, bloggers, uh, uh podcasting sphere. Uh, so I guess I've just introduced everybody one by one. They're all pretty much standing here. So I'll start. Uh, Andy, why don't you come up here? Andy Cruz Vanacek. She's from Cup of Cubby Blue. So just grab a seat. Grab a, I'll get out of the way. Check, check. All right, there we go. So, Andy, let's hear for her. And, of course, her podcasting partner, we got Sarah Sanchez from Cup of Cubby Blue and also from Bleed Cubby Blue and uh, where? Baseball. Oh, yeah, Baseball Perspective. She writes on there, too. Busy, busy, busy woman. And uh, my, one of my co-hosts from outside the Ivy and Bleacher Nation is Michael Cerami. He's here, so give him a round of applause. We have... Uh, who <laughs> you think you're next? <laughs> you you are sure sure you're next. And <laughs> from Cubs Insider, it's Evan Altman. And Joe, what's your podcast called again? Seven Seven Three Sports. Comedian Joe Kilgallen, straight from the Rizzo's Laugh Off for Cancer. Joe Kilgallen. I, I do have enough chairs, did I not? I thought I had. Who took the? I thought I had five up here. There's clearly four. We'll give you a stool. And um, sharing the mic with me and asking questions to these 
fine minds, fine Cubs minds. It's Corey Finnerin from Date Night. Date Night, the band. So I guess I'm just going to start here. Uh, we're recording, right? Is it? It's good. Yeah, it's, we're rolling. This is going to be recorded, so if you make lots of noise, it's going to be on there for forever, yeah. So uh, my, my first question, I think I'm just going to start here. Uh, the Cubs have done nothing this offseason. Is it enough? Is it enough? Um, why don't we start with you, Michael? We'll just go ahead and... <laughs> Uh, thanks for that one. That's a great, great place to start. Uh, no, I mean, no. Uh, I think it's, it sucks. This has been a pretty shitty offseason. Uh, and it's a shitty offseason after a second city, shitty offseason last year. But I think we're kind of at a point where if, it's, uh, if they don't get under the luxury tax now, it'll all have been for nothing. So hopefully they got more moves planned for the rest of the Winter, because they've already missed the boat on doing anything this offseason. There's no version of this now where they can add to the 2020 team significantly enough to make it worth it. So I hope it continues to be nothing of an offseason, because if they don't, then this was all a mistake from the beginning. And, uh, I mean, let me kind of, Sarah, could you, like, maybe, I guess, uh, elaborate on what you think is the biggest Hole, the, 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 what are the biggest holes that the Cubs have yet to address in this offseason? And would it be worth going over the luxury tax to try to win the division and, you know, pay the penalty? We don't have a center fielder, really. Uh, second base is a problem, although I'm optimistic that Nico Horner can step up and fill that role. The bullpen has some issues. Even, and I really, like, the bullpen makes me nervous. Like, Steve Ciszek threw a ton of innings last year, and he's gone. He's on a different team now. Like, Pedro Stroke, not there. Like, this is a bullpen that is built on minor league deals, which is all that the Cubs seem to do these days. In fact, fun trivia question Andy and I were talking about earlier today. Can anybody in this room actually name five players that the Cubs have signed to minor league deals this year? Like, know their actual names. Like off the top of your heads, no yeah. phone, right? Like, Ryan Tapera. <laughs> Dan Winkler. Brandon Morrow. Brandon Morrow. That's three. No, I mean, this is good. It's hard. We, should, we shouldn't. Josh Sigley. Oh, yeah, today. Jo- yep. And, uh, uh, uh. Jarrell yeah, Cotton. Cotton is the obvious one. Oh, yeah, trade. Oh, yeah. Winkler we signed? Right. Pelham. Oh, was he a trade, too? Winkler, Winkler they signed. They signed him. him. There was a guy I think the moral of the story is... <laughs> Wait a minute. We don't want to know. Yeah, also, it's bad, bad that that's all... We we rather your point know. has definitely been proven. Everybody <laughs> in this room should be able to name everybody that we've acquired. This right. Well, and, ideally, yeah. the players they had signed were not ass. Right. So, like, I bring this up mainly because there are holes. They have not been filled. It's going to be really interesting to this, see what happens with this that. Is, this went in a whole new direction. <laughs> I think we need to bring this back a little bit. They're, they're, they're not like going to be able to air are this. You, are you literally going to? That's we're, what she said me no, on no, the, no, on I the mean, podcast. That, that, I was like, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to be the one that's. No, 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 no. It's fine. <laughs> maybe we, Bill, Bill's got like a. I don't know. Maybe that stuff Danny bought was for a reason. He knew what was going to be going on. Dad jokes. Um, Sorry. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I look. I'm glad that the Cubs didn't 
trade KB or Wilson or Schwarber oh, for yeah. less than they should have gotten, right? Like, I, I feel like the offers they have on the table don't reflect the value that the Cubs think those players have. And so as a result, they haven't made those moves. And I'm cool with that. But I think that we should all recognize that if this team is, like, playing 500 ball in June, those players are gone. Like, those players are gone. They're going to get traded. For, and teams are going to be desperate, desperate for them. Oh, and we Quintana, all just need to, yeah, we need to, we need to accept that. Kimbrell, Quintana, those are, I think Kimbrell might be gone regardless. Theo doesn't like to play, pay closers, but that's a different thing entirely. Well, he's already under contract, though, for, what, two more years? Yeah, so, but, but if, if, they, if he gets off to a hot start and we're looking like uh-huh. a third-place team, yeah, definitely move him, for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Chatwood, Chatwood's gone. Like, if, if any of these guys pitch well at all and the team isn't doing very well, they're gone. I mean, they have, they have to flip him because they've got to get under the tax and just get something back. I mean, it doesn't even matter. You know, get a, get a PTBNL, right, it, whatever. But it's, it's just sad that we're talking about this with the Cubs, with this monster market who just spent a quarter or three quarters of a billion dollars to renovate everything, who probably spent $15, $16 million more on marquee television talent than they have on the actual But there's roster. no money. But yeah. there's no money. See, this no is money. What bo- but this is what bothers me about that. Is I wish that they would talk about that as a strategic uh, move. I had the idea. I mean, like, I can't believe if, if I was Tom Ricketts, what I would have done today is put on a mustache and walked up during the, the Cubs baseball operations panel and been like, why aren't you guys spending this? It would have been endearing. It would have been funny. And then you would have gotten a chance for Theo to say, well, well are, we see the next two years playing out this way. And in order to go after Mookie Betts next year or whatever, uh, we <laughs> need to get under or whatever. And, and at least we would have an explanation. But instead, they're just lo- they just rest on the, um, the same excuse that their payroll is so high. And it's like, we all know that. That's not the point. You're not supplementing a core at the point when they need to be supplemented. So explain that to us. We know why, but not everyone does. And, it's, and, it's, and it leaves a lot to be desired with their whole offseason strategy. I think that it's been hard for them to do that because the players who we're talking about are part of this core that we all fell in love with in 2016. And it's really difficult to sell a piece of that part of the team or to trade a piece of that part of the team for them. However, that basically has to happen. We've all known that had to happen at some point in time. And it would be better if they would just let us know, these are the pieces we think we can play with. This is, what, this is who we think we can extend. And this is who we think we can't extend. And we're going to do, do everything we can to put the most competitive team on the field possible. And instead, you're right. We're just sort of left to hope that like David Ross is somehow going to magically come into this clubhouse and take a team that is worse than the team that didn't make the playoffs last year and turn them into a contender, which I, I don't buy. I, w- I would like for you to address him as manager David going forward. <laughs> so, I, so I have a follow-up question Bossy about David Rossi. Ross. <laughs> uh, a follow-up question in, for David Ross, and if you want to start, you can. Um, so, um, you know, I was kind of thinking about the last time we did this panel, and we kind of were like, we were talking about the manager situation. It was right towards the end of the year, I think. And so I, I'm wondering what you guys think, not necessarily long-term, like his, his tenure with the Cubs, but this season... What do you think the biggest challenges will be for Ross? And do you think that um, those are, do you think that how he uh, performs in those situations will be fairly evaluated by fans, the Cubs, whoever? Or do you think that he's kind of, I mean, this is kind of set up for him to be a scapegoat? Um, I guess I'm just kind of curious what you guys think about him this season. Well, I think, for one, he's going to be under a microscope this whole season. Um, He was somebody that, 
you either loved or hated as a candidate for that position. And I think I love the idea that he has the relationships he has in the dugout with the players. And they've said, you know, he's going to hold us accountable. While they were all cracking jokes, Rizzo had some great jokes um, today about Rossi, which were great. Um, I still think that there is going to be a seriousness an intensity to this team that we haven't seen in a while. I think the accountability, the structure, I think is going to be very important, and I think you're going to see that come through quite a bit. So, so with a, a lineup um, and, and a group of players that maybe have not had that type of coach slash manager for quite a while, how do you like? Do you see that that could cause some issues this this season? The, like if he takes that approach, you're yeah. dealing with a, a core group of players right. that have kind of come up under Joe Madden style, right. and might busy, yeah. this be kind of a, a, a change in direction that they're not prepared? I for? mean, just from the players and how they've kind of responded to him as a manager, I feel like they are welcoming that change. Like I, I kind of feel like it's something that they want to come about. I think it's going to be great. I think we'll see a different level of intensity just throughout. Honestly, I think um, it's going to work well for this group. Yeah, I would agree if I could add to that. Uh, look, we all love Joe Madden, but it is interesting to me that every player was like, when things were tough, we went to Ross. Javi said it. Willie said it. Yeah. You know, correct, yeah. Brian and Rizzo, of course. And, um, yeah, the idea of, like, could they play for their buddy? Could they play for their friend? I think they respect that guy so much. And, you know, not to brag, I talked to him for about 20 minutes on Thursday at the charity event. When you have a conversation with that dude, you're like, oh, shit, this is why this guy is a backup catcher is so damn respected through everyone across baseball. Even we mentioned Kimbrell earlier, he signed with the Cubs because of his relationship with Ross when they were in Atlanta together. The dude has this leadership quality where you're like, yeah, I'll, you want me to go run through that wall for you? I'll do that. So I definitely think that's why they went with him because of the respect factor. And I think he's going to get a lot out of them, but I do worry that the fans will turn on him because they're not... You know, if one guy doesn't play as well as last year, they'll be like, well, maybe we should have kept Joe or whatever, which is totally unfair on him because it is a weaker roster than last season. But I definitely don't think we're going to see too many times where, and again, as much as I love Joe Madden, how many times did he bring in a bullpen pitcher who walked a guy in eight straight pitches and no one was warming up? And we're like, Joe, what are you doing? And we love the guy, and it was sentimental to see him go, but I definitely think the change was necessary. And, yeah, I think with the core the way it is, Ross was the best guy for that job. Well, and Ross isn't the only change in the coaching staff. And oh, it, it runs really deep. And I guess my question is, how much faith? I mean, they've spent a lot of money and a lot of time putting together this pitch lab, the hit lab. You know, this is what we're supposed to believe is going to turn, you know, spin straw to gold this next year. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're going to do more with less. Um, do you buy it? Do you buy it? Michael, do you buy it? No, I don't want to answer. I, I, was just on the, I just did Iowa radio the other day, and I got this question at the end, and I forgot Craig Breslow's name and Justin Stone's name, and I just was rambling for about 30 minutes, like, oh, they added this guy, and there's a pitch lab, and uh, it's, they're really smart. And the guy was like, okay, that was Michael Saram. He said, I'm going to pass it to Evan on this <laughs> Cut the mic. Um, yeah, I, I I know the names of both of those guys actually, so that's that's really cool. So I'm much more qualified to answer this. Hey guys, can we keep it down out there a little bit? Just uh, I swear hey, to God, this shut is shut up out there. We're tw- talking. Tw- give us give us twenty minutes. Give us twenty God. minutes. This He's is po- podcast gold. Come on, no. Um, I mean, 
Tom Ricketts really wants you to believe that that's going to be the answer. He gave his commercial, uh, you know, at the opening ceremony. They, they spent millions uh, on technology, millions more than they spent on guaranteed major league contracts. So it better freaking work. But uh, you know, I mean, Breslow is the, the not self-styled, but he's the smartest man in baseball. I mean, he's got what like a molecular biology degree or something from Yale. Uh, Justin Stone is is legit. So the the things that they're doing are fine, and and those are good. They will not immediately impact the major league level, though. The whole point of that is to fix the problem that they've had, which is that they haven't developed any pitchers of note. They have not developed anyone. Maybe you give them like partial credit for Bodie. You take somebody outside of the top of the first round. They've not developed any position players to come up. And that's the whole point. They were supposed to get the position players in. They were supposed to then develop pitchers. Once the pitchers are coming up cheap, you can extend your position players. You flip kind of the cost. These guys are brought up to be aimed at consistently bringing players up from the minors. And I want to believe it because I think these guys are really smart. I like the people they've hired uh, all the way across the board with this infrastructure. But anyone putting that out there as a magic bullet or like a quick fix is they're full of shit and that's just not the way it's going to work Can I, are you year? saying almost categorically it's not going to be a thing that helps this year because the whole point of them is developmental so like even in their the, the best version of themselves it's not something that helps next year obviously right. because that's not the, the point of their job absolutely but but the problem that i have is that the the ownership is publicly putting this out there as, hey, we're not spending on the major league roster because we're putting this money elsewhere. I mean, they're, they're, did you hear Jed say that. it was one of the busiest winters they've had? In yes. Like, oh, yes. Okay. Jed Hoyer, this is one of the yeah, best. Bu- yeah, busy yeah. off season. Jeff Hoyer said. Well, busy and successful are two different yeah. things, though. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? It, you can be busy failing classes, it, right? Admittedly, it is it is difficult to find that many guys willing to sign minor league contracts. So that, that does take a lot of work. I will say that. Sarah, do you buy it? Do you buy this pitch lab, hit lab? I mean, I, I know it's not like the Cubs are the only team doing this. Like, in fact, they're behind the curve, right, as far as like even employing some of this technology in, and uh, analyzing pitchers and hitters in the way they're doing it. Other teams have been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, but do, do you buy that this is going to be – I just, I just uh, had, was with Mitch Williams last Friday. He doesn't buy any of it. He thinks the wild thing. He thinks it's all bullshit, and he's like, "You got to throw every day. Got to throw as hard as you can, and fall over when you do it." Yeah. That's what that's what Mitch Williams thinks should happen. But like, so the the other extreme is like, you know, that this t- everybody from Yale is going to figure out how to play baseball better, and that's you know that's what I'm wondering. Do you buy it? I mean, I think that Michael is absolutely right that whatever benefit you get from establishing a pitching lab, bringing on some of these awesome people. Justin Stone is great. Rachel Folden is a rock star. Y'all are going to love her. Like I, These are awesome people that are going to improve the team considerably in like three to four years. These are not people that take the team that couldn't score and couldn't get a situational hit if their life depended on it in September, and all of a sudden they can do that in April. That's not what any of these people are there for or what they can do. So I think it's a great idea. I'm glad they're investing that money. I was thrilled to find out that they're investing in the hitting and pitching lab 
in Mesa. I mean, Crane was talking to us today about how they have two weight sets now, apparently. The billionaire Ricketts Whoa. have bought a second weight wait, set wait, wait. in Arizona. A second weight set? A second weight set. They used to pack those up on the truck, but they oh, don't anymore. Shit. They have a no. second one now. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Groundbreaking, he right? Too. He was bragging. No, like a second weight. That's No, this is... This has changed my entire mindset on the whole season. <laughs> That's guys, they got a fucking second weight set. There's two. <laughs> Woo! So there is money. Oh, they, there, is, yeah. there is money. That shit's not cheap. We could have had, had to pay for the second weight set. It was either Garrett Cole or it's a couple more dumbbells, and we went with the dumbbells. Hey, Honestly, Garrett, Garrett it's Cole. development. It's about the yeah. Long the, the dumbbells don't count yeah. against the competitive balance uh, tax. Yeah. Okay. Now, but, how, how high did, did, did? Do we know how high the weights go? Like, are we talking hundred pound dumbbells, or are we just like the? No, are they the little, one the little like, rubber coated like, ones, like on the side with the pastel colors? Like, is that what? Did they go? Did they go big? Because Garrett Cole benches the big ones, and I think they couldn't have gotten him for that. You know. Anyway, I think you guys are making everyone depressed. <laughs> yeah, I want to uh, start spinning some pots. You started with the question of how. Wait, 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 wait! We're making people depressed because you started okay. with the question of the Cubs have done nothing this offseason. Right. What will that mean? <laughs> so, so let's get even more terrible. Uh, let's let's zoom out, kind of big picture. Um, while it's been a very boring offseason for the Cubs, it's been a very interesting offseason around baseball. Um, and so we kind of have this, like, all of these issues that are piling up from the, the minor league retraction or whatever uh, to um, sign stealing and the Astros and the Red Sox and all of this. And then we kind of have this, like, you know, this, like, collective bargaining agreement kind of, like, hanging over our heads. <laughs> So, so like, being a Cubs fan kind of sucks right now, but being a baseball fan kind of sucks, too. So I'm just kind of curious what, what you all think about, like, just the health of the game. And, like, are, are, like is, this feels like a, a runaway freight train right now. And, and am I the only one that feels that way? And, no, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think there are two things here. One of which I actually thought the Cubs kind of demonstrated a what not to do at CubsCon this weekend. So I, there is a transparency problem in baseball. Tra- like, baseball, people don't trust it, right? You don't trust that the World Series was decided correctly in 2017. You don't trust that it was decided correctly in 2018. You don't trust that umpires are calling the signs that they're supposed to be calling. We can all see it. We can see umpires ruling on things that we're like, that's a what violation? Are you making up rules on the spot? Like, what is going on? And nobody, nobody from the commissioner's office does a very good job of explaining that to fans. And a really good example of how the Cubs are falling down on the job with this was a joke that we were all just cracking up here kind of without the microphone for a second. But multiple times this weekend, I heard the Cubs trying to tout their technology and pitch lab with the wearable technology that they're giving to players. And I'm like, do you know that this is the worst possible weekend to use the word wearables? Like, we, we also know, got new trash cans. Like, we know that you mean, like, Fitbits and stuff, but, like, let's just not talk about wearables while the Astros are down at FanFest trying to explain to their fans how they're such underdogs from having to overcome being cheaters. Like, let's not go there, right? And so I just really think that what baseball needs right now, and the Cubs in particular... They need a better communication strategy for what is going to be a really challenging time. And if they can't do that, they're going to lose the trust of fans really fast. And you saw that at CubsCon when Ricketts got a real mixed reception. The marquee network got booed. He got booed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is it? Yeah. And he, no. But he no. He I, does, saw, he, I saw the, yeah. the score earlier. Yeah, he he, didn't, he didn't doesn't know. think. He's like, I don't think they were booing. I'm like. Dude, your name is not Drew. Wait, but also, <laughs> you. I rewatched the clip. He's like, Thank you, you guys man. won't boo that next year. So by his own admission, they were booing. They love me. I brought them the World Series, and I'm a good neighbor. No, you know, I, I, will take, I will take issue with one thing, which is that I think everyone's happy that the Dodgers did not win the World Series yeah, in those yeah, two yeah, seasons. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. That's why so, I'm mad at the Astros. They almost made me feel sorry for the Dodgers. Yeah, that's like, what I'm most upset about with the Astros. Th- that's the one reason I don't want them to rescind the World Series titles because I don't want those fuckers to get it back and I apologize for just I'm just gonna work blue but um <laughs> good, I, will too. I don't even know where the original question was um so about, well, about, yeah about ball. cheating oh, yeah, about the Astros cheat. yeah because the commissioner is a total asshole he hates baseball world, he's a world-class idiot who hates the game and it's like if if Tom Ricketts were made commissioner that's kind of what we'd be left with it, every, all the decisions are being made to make money to increase the wealth of the owners and at the expense of the fans who are out there, of the players, of everything else that's going on. And they're doing this without a... I've almost gotten to the point, I don't know that they're actually intentionally screwing fans because I don't... That that would actually say that they're intelligent enough to understand that they're trying to do this stuff. I don't think they know some of the decisions and and the ramifications of what they're trying to do. Uh, That would be Rob Manfred. Again, it's like... Oh hi, let's contract you know a quarter of the minor leagues. Like, dude, that's a really bad look. I don't think they care. I don't think they understand that it's a bad look. So you you think they're just basically out of touch? I mean, I, I kind of feel that way about like we just all met with Crane Kenny today. He feels out of touch. Uh, Tom Ricketts has felt out of touch. Can he's not it's even a very relatable billionaire? Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the he's the billionaire next door, right? Well, but, me, but yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, Joe. Like, you're the owner of the team. Like, how do you sell this strategy this year? I, you know, like, if I'm I, the owner, if I'm Ricketts, how do I sell the strategy that's going on with this offseason? Well, I mean, we all know he's done a terrible job with the whole. Uh, you know, not every team. Look at the he was like us on the Red Sox with top two spenders last year. We didn't make the playoffs. And here's where like intelligent fans find bullshit in that theory. And I'll see fans that block that buy in lockstep with that stuff where they go, Tampa and Oakland, small payrolls, they make the playoffs. No excuse for Theo and all this stuff. Listen though, if we were to operate like Tampa and Oakland, I'll give twenty going into twenty sixteen as an example. You don't sign Ben Zobrist. Teams that think like that think, well, I have Javi and Listella cheap. So I'm not going to go over the top and sign a veteran contact hitter like a Ben Zobrist who's won before that we could use. And those fan bases deal that shit. Oakland, as a fan base, is used to the fact that we're going to trade Donaldson after he wins an MVP. Where Cubs fans, we're like, fuck that. See, I'll go blue with you, buddy. And I like it. I like it. So Somebody else got to do it. So fuck. how do I sell it? I mean, the selling it just, you can... There's no way to sell it. There's really, I mean, I'm, I'm not smart enough to sell this shit because I was joking around saying, like, shouldn't have closed the Taco Bell. You should have just bought the Taco Bell. Yeah. Take the rep. They make Hayward's contract in a weekend and just deal with it like that. But instead, I know as fans, aren't we all, like, sick and tired of, we're going to have ice skating in December. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about more urinals. I'll piss in the trough if it gives me Nick Castellanos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe. And, you know, we got the, the, the TV deal coming up, which five years ago we were sold that, we, that there were going to be, quote, unquote, wheelbarrows full of money coming our way, and they were all going to go onto the payroll. I, that's not what's happening. I mean, granted, like, you got the, the, the 
the luxury tax that is a you know well the self-imposed luxury tax yeah exactly. everyone kind of forgets that all these rules are created by the league that is owned by the owners of the teams that are hiding under the rules that they themselves created so it's like oh we, the Astros got fined five million that's the maximum that was allowed by the owners that set the rules for their own penalty. And where does that money go anyway? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Where, right, right back into a pool that goes yeah. to the other 2019. They give it straight to the St. Louis Cardinals. It should go to you, Darvish, for the $30 million the Astros cost him stealing signs. Yeah, because he was projected 160, 170 by trade rumors that year. And he signed for us with 126, I think. Yeah. So it did cost him money. Um, and, and along the same lines, when you talk about like smaller payroll teams succeeding... Well, they succeed precisely because they have other advantages that small market clubs don't, that the Cubs don't have, that small market clubs do, like competitive balance picks after the first round. They have those, those advantages as well as additional revenue sharing precisely because the Cubs are expected to spend more in free agency. So if they don't spend more in free agency, they're eliminating the one avenue of advantage that they do have and then not gaining the advantages that the small market clubs otherwise uh, get to enjoy. And so any player or any fan, excuse me, that says they want to be more like the A's or the Rays, it's irrelevant. It's, you're never going to get to be that team because you don't have those advantages. And the A's and Rays don't, not to, you know, just to add, the A's and Rays don't, they look, they're great regular season teams. And the playoffs are a complete crapshoot, we know that. But the more I think about it, I think those teams don't win because they can't afford to add that extra piece. And also, if you're a fan of the Cubs and you want us to operate like a small market team, that means you want the Rickets to have more money. Because there's, the revenues will still be the same at Rickets, yeah, essentially. Yeah, exactly. well, and if you want us to lower payroll to $100 million because Tampa did it, and then, you know. The athletics have Brad Pitt leading their front office, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. I mean, the most handsome front office man now, in baseball. The, the other thing is, does anybody know which team in baseball is the highest easily in fan cost index in terms of what it costs to take a family of four to a baseball game? The yeah, Cubs. The Cubs, yeah. If you are going to charge a premium for your product, you would damn well put a good product on the field and spend a commensurate amount on it. The Cubs should have a higher payroll than anyone else because they charge more than anyone else to watch the product. That's just the way it works. So don't give me this shit about, well, we gotta, we got to climb out of the lobster pot of this hole. we got to go down and back and... Fuck that, man. There's no lobsters in Lake Michigan. You know, give me some whitefish and give me a $300 million fucking payroll and let me watch some winning baseball. That's all I want. So so you're saying that you would just paper over this kind of... Because I think we talked about this last time is that the Cubs kind of missed the boat by not maybe breaking up this core a little bit earlier. Like a couple years ago, they admitted you know? it. Chad just admitted it. Yeah, they there was a chance when there was a time when they could have done it. Well, and, and we they were, missed I, it. I know all you guys, and we all kind of said it. Like, hey, maybe they should break up the band a little bit. So, are you saying? And let me ask you, Andy. Would you maybe paper over this moment in Cubs baseball by spending the money, blowing through the luxury tax, twenty, you know, extra forty million, make it two fifty, spend the money, take the penalty, lose the draft pick. Would you do that in order to keep this window open of Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras and, uh, you know, all the... Absolutely. Why not? What do we have it for? What's the point of having it if we can't have nice things? You know what I mean? Like... Right, seriously, seriously. Keep the well, and not only that, but we're working on player development now, uh, the lower levels, all this, you know, lab stuff. So we have that going for us too. So why would you not spend the money to put a good product on the field right now when we have what we have? Because, like they said today, you know, we're beyond the, the point of 
re-signing any of these core players, which, I'm sorry, was pretty, a pretty crappy way to open CubsCon, if you ask me. I mean, it could be worse. We could be at Astros Fan Fest, but... I kind of felt like, as they announced each player one by one, <laughs> that like the fans in the audience were getting more and more depressed as they saw who is actually going to be on the team this year. Like I was like, this might be the first Cubs convention in which people end up more depressed and less hyped about the season. I just kept imagining were, being in Houston. I, I just, just kept thinking, how is Houston doing right now? Uh, nowhere like, to go but up for, for those guys. But uh, I mean, how about you, Joe? Would you? I mean, would you blow through the tax and just like spend, or would you like? Because it does seem like responsible to like not lose draft picks and revenue share. Yeah, I, I get. It's the, not my money. I get the fiscal responsibility of it. And uh, the funny thing is, I was thinking to myself the other night, I shouldn't talk too ill will of the Ricketts because I uh, I really want to work for that network one day. But um, <laughs> you know, they can use a funny guy probably. Uh, Yes, I would, because the way I understood it and the way that made sense to all of us when Theo took over that opening press conference of, we're going to bottom out. So in my brain, it's, all right, you go way under when you're rebuilding, but when you're competitive, you blow by it because that's your window. So that's what I think what's so depressing right now. And, you know, again, I'm trying to take the positive spin on it. I think the Cubs still do have enough to win the division, but a lot needs to go right. And during your competitive window, especially the few years of success we've been coming off of, you shouldn't have that what if. We should be like, no, we should be confident. Do I think Ian Happ, if he played, had 600 bats, could hit 30 home runs and build off what he did last year? Yeah, I'd like to believe that. I'd like to believe we get all of Schwarber's second half this year, too. All of you Darvish. you get that shit, then yeah, the Milwaukee's gotten worse. St. Louis hasn't made a big deal yet, really. Their pitching's still better overall, maybe. But you never know. Flaherty could tear his arm and marks. Yeah. A lot has to go right for us and wrong for Jack Flaherty. So, yeah, I mean, I would go under. I mean, I would go over. And, yeah, it starts to pile up. But the Cubs have gone over twice in the Theo era. They went over in 2016, and they went over in 2019. They're planning on going under this year. They're, what, $2 million over, $3 million over? You're usually hit you They're up about, about right at it. Right yeah, right technically now. the team has to get yeah, worse right. to get under it. So they've only yeah, gone over twice. So I hate this idea. Look, Theo has made a few some mistakes. There's no denying that. And free agency is, is 50-50. Not 50-50, but, you know, it's not a success rate for everybody. I think, as a fan, I give Theo more of a leash because of all the success he's had, where Crane Kenny has gone over his budget by $500 million fucking dollars. Yeah. Theo's gone over the Lux tax twice and has four playoff appearances in eight seasons to show for it, including a World Series, which none of us here, a lot of us wouldn't think was possible. So I'm willing to give that guy, a guy who... I'm still believing in that guy. He found Theo. He found Mookie Betts in the fifth round. He drafted yeah. Rizzo in the sixth round. Yeah. He's made some great late picks. Obviously, we haven't seen that in the Cubs uniform. You're dead on with that, Evan. And I believe in that first plan of draft hitters because pitchers are iffy, and then we'll spend on pitchers, and then that, that we'll flip it later on. And the flip has not worked. You know, we haven't been able to flip that house yet. And I, I get the idea of trying to go under to to go over later again. But it, it sucks to just it hurts season yeah. away like that. You know? But it's closing your own window, right? Yes, yeah. right. But no. all right. But so here's the thing, right? And, and I get, and I think you know. Again, um, Brett Taylor over at Bleacher Nation did a, a great piece on really digging into the CBA and looking at where the Cubs. You know, a lot of us focus on the luxury tax itself. The Cubs aren't as Ricketts is saying they're scared by the ten million or whatever they'd have to pay this year if they went, went over again by the same amount. The real loss to them is that they don't get rebates back on revenue sharing. They exactly. don't get to share in it. So there, there are bigger losses there. Now, I will also say that at that same time, 
you will easily recoup those right. by having a playoff team that fills the, the buildings and the, the hotel and the restaurants that you put a billion dollars into. That shit doesn't work if there's no baseball going on. Right. Yes. They need that there. The whole point, so like the athletics or the Rays or a team like that, when they when they jump up, right, when they – it's like in the NCAA tournament, you see a 16 seed beat a one. That team doesn't get better the next year. You know why? Because they got lucky that one year. Yeah, they graduated. The, the Rays had everything come together. The Cubs don't need to have everything come together. You can buy through your luck, but they're choosing not to. The reason, the way you get out of this stupid cycle they're talking about is by spending through it. And then if the development comes into play and works properly in three or four years, then you spent through to that point, And then you can dial back because the young guys are coming back up. They do not have that luxury so for whatever reason, they've chosen not to do it. That's my problem with it is they have strictly said, and I understand it. I think everybody up here understands that there's a much greater cost to them than just the luxury tax. But the fact that that's a concern over actually making moves to put a competitive team on the field is a problem. Did the convention sell out? I know you were going to say to me to cut. I don't think so. I, I think it, it did, was right? pretty. So you're already seeing something. Yeah, I was down there, and it was uh, a lot lighter than usual. I think you know, it just it didn't. Well, how about how about the the Cubs baseball ops panel was all the ballrooms, and there was a lot of empty seats because you know after 15 and 16, those were jam packed wall to wall, standing room only. It was yeah. like oh, everyone's not here anymore. I mean, which is pretty. Evident. So w- we should probably wrap this up, and then uh, we're gonna. I'm going to go up there and sing some songs for you guys. But I, I do want – I have one final question. Is like, as the team stands right now, um, do, do, you, do you see a division title possible? Oh, yeah, for the Cardinals? <laughs> no, 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 Reds, Reds. 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 The Cardinals. I love it. Come on. I mean, a, a lot of people are saying 500 baseball team, tops, 81 games. 79 games. Like, what are we talking? Like, I, I kind of want a number. Like, Sarah, you want to start us out? Like, what's your number? And I'm not going to give, give you a number of wins. I will say this. If the Cubs are going to compete this year, the following things all have to happen, and pretty much everybody has to stay healthy. So you, Darvish, has to continue being Cy Young you, Darvish, like he was at the after May of last year, and that has to just continue. Kyle Hendricks probably has to go back to 2016. Kyle Hendricks said he can't have any of this tendonitis stuff going on in his hand. Uh, Quintana has to be the Quintana they traded for, not the 4.5 ERA guy who like blows up every third game for reasons nobody can understand. John Lester can be a number four starter on this team as John Lester, that John Lester who is 30 whatever years old that played last year, and they can still be fine. And I'm not worried about the fifth starter spot. I think that Alec Mills is a really good option for that. I don't want to see them put Chatwood in that spot again. I think Chatwood is better as a really expensive long man out of the bullpen because I don't want to deal with whatever yips he has going on. If that happens, and these random, ridiculous bullpen pieces that nobody can name actually pan out, which, frankly, the bullpen parts last year that were good were the people we'd never heard of. The Rowan Wicks. Wick was yeah. great. Ryan, this Brad Wet guy who's like a giant, who was yeah. like he's, not wearing the he's Nike actually jersey yesterday. 6'9". Yeah, he's, he's nice. 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 Thank you for that. I teed you up for that, Danny. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. That, but that, those bullpen pieces, they're good. They have, you know, you could hit on some of that. If you hit on that, the hitting core is solid. There are four players for the Cubs who have MVP caliber years in them, and it's just a question of when they have them. 
And so, yeah, if that all if that version of the Cubs shows up and whatever magic David Ross has left ha- makes that happen, that team wins 95 games. Everything has to go right for that team to win 95 games, and the difference between a 95-win team and a 75-win team is super small. Yeah. I, I think the Cubs are either going to win 95 games or 75 games next year. I think there's no middle ground because I think if they're even close to mediocrity at the halfway point, they're going to sell and they're going to end up losing fewer than 80 games. And if they're even close to leading the division and running away with it, they're going to get added to and they're going to win 90 plus games. There's no version of this team that ends up in the middle this year. Evan? You know, so here's the thing. If they're going to win and they're going to really do it right, the first step to that to me is not getting rid of Christopher Lee Bryant. Yeah. Um, I think that would help. You know, again, as, as you mentioned, I mean, if, if they're going to, as we talked about earlier, if they're going to really fill those holes, um, you know, they need to make some moves with some guys, but they need to have the players, if, if they decide not to spend money, and, and that's entirely possible, right? Nico Horner comes up and plays for a full season like he did at second base. Uh, Ian Happ comes up and does the whole, not comes up but stays up and plays in center as a starter, which they kind of you know alluded to. And then it's you've got to have these guys coming up. Alzali has to come up and pitch out of the bullpen, right? And uh, oh yeah, you try to do it like a fake. I actually have a hat on, so yeah, I can do it. And I talked about that today. It was a really fun thing. But he, he's got a hit as, as everything else went down. But they're still going to have to make and they. Ricketts actually alluded to this the other day. They could still make a midseason move, I think, if everything goes right. If And you almost wonder if Theo Epstein is kind of slow playing this whole thing because he doesn't have any money. He knows he's not going to get it. But if he can keep enough of these guys, and I, I'm as I'm looking at what he's thinking, if I can keep enough of these guys together, if Rossi can catch fire with them, maybe maybe we'll be good enough that I can convince Papa Ricketts to send me down some more money for a midseason acquisition and go forward. However, that's not a really good way to go into the season if you're sitting there thinking, hey, holy shit, if everything goes right, maybe we'll have money to get another. Maybe we can ask Dad for money. So, yes. again, and I, I think with maybe. Michael, this team, this team either goes huge one way or the other. There's no middle ground on it. Did you want to give me a win total? Do you have any kind of... Or are you kind of with Michael? Like it's either ninety-five or seventy-five. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go ninety-four or seventy-four. So we do like the prices yeah, right. right. One dollar, Bob. Yeah, one dollar. Hold on, hold on. No, we'll go ninety and seventy, and that way I get enough under. I got I got made fun of the other day because I didn't have enough difference between my my own prices right bet and the other person. So ninety and seventy, we'll we'll go. But you, Joe, do you want to give a, a number? Right? Do you yeah, want to go do on the prices wish. right and say ninety-one? Um, no, yeah, I, I agree with everything everyone said. So if I could do a slight shift here, since it seems obvious that they're definitely trying to get under the two hundred eight million, what would you guys do to do that? What's the move you guys all make to get underneath that to go into the season? What do you do? Don't you know, we all want I mean, we all want them to keep the big five: yeah. Bryant, Grizzo, you know, Baez, uh, Schwarber, and Contreras. Of course, that's another thing about fans that crack me up. At the end of last year, get rid of everybody. What about this guy? No, 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 get rid of him. <laughs> what about this guy? No, are you insane? We got like, so who the fuck do they want us to get rid of? But so I want, I'm curious because I know these are all four great minds of Cubs uh, fandom. What do you guys do? Let's play GM real quick if we, if we can, if you don't mind me. Yeah, sure. Me. I mean, yeah, who, if, if you wanted to get under the tax, 
Who who goes? Get no, 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 damn no, it. no. I want to talk about who is coming, and that is Nicholas Castellanos. All right, so you're you're <laughs> just, you doing you're just adding to payroll. I'm not getting rid of anybody. Andy's blowing through I'm, the tax. We're blowing through it. Exactly. The opposite of the question. Fuck revenue sharing. I'm you done have with, money. Yeah. Spend it. Damn it. I, Give I, us I, Nicholas. Hey, fill all the holes, and Nick is coming. Yeah, I dig that, it. That, that, those could be related. Uh, things. And Bradwick is six foot nine. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Sorry. So no, but do you want to give me a wait? You're welcome, yeah, Evan. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, yeah. It, do do you trade anybody? And if so, uh, who? If you want to get another text, like, do you do that or do you? Add? I mean, I'm really glad I'm not sitting next to Evan. So I think that the player that you have don't, to don't, the player don't, to trade you do, don't, in order to don't, make any of this work not. is Chris Bryant. Yes. And it's not that I want to trade Chris Bryant. I think Chris Bryant is great. I loved his MVP season. I think he is actually. This whole narrative that he's not clutch is like way overblown and not true. But I will say this. He gets you $18.6 million. He probably gets you a ready-to-play tomorrow center fielder or second baseman. And he probably gets you two starting pitching arms in the top 100 prospects, which means that those people can come up next year when you start to lose some of your pitching contracts, right? So you, get, you clear $18.6 million, you get a ready-made player who can hit leadoff, and you turn that money into Nicholas Castellanos. Yeah, she's right. I mean, she's definitely right. It's not... It's, listen, you can hate where we are right now, but it is where we are. It is objectively where we are. They have missed their chance to add around Chris Bryant for 2020. And if that is already going to be out the window, and it is, then you need to get under the luxury tax. And the best way to do that while also getting better for 2021 and beyond, for a guy who won't otherwise extend... Uh, presumably for an offer that is within reason, then it's Chris Bryant. It's, it is. It sucks that we're here. It shouldn't be. They never should have let it get to this point. And when Jed Hoyer says he missed the window to extend the core all at once when he had the opportunity, that's their bad, but that's where we are now. So you can't just wish we were in a different timeline. This is the one we're in, and that's why yeah. it's the best move. Fucking tough yeah. stuff. It's going to be you a are fun both year, guys. fucking dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> So I, would, I, I, I would guess move, we should wrap it Kenny's up. Trade money over to the baseball budget and trade him. <laughs> I guess we should wrap it up there and we'll let everybody get back to party and we'll play a little bit of rock and roll. But thank you, Joe and Evan and Michael and Sarah and Andy. Thank you for being on all year long. Can check them out. Cubs Insider, Bleacher Nation, outside the Ivy, Bleep Cubby Blue, Cup of Cubby Blue. And tell it's me what was that? stand-up comedy. Fuck with the, all these podcasts are better than the one I have right now. I'm, I'm filming a special at Timothy O'Toole's on Wednesday, January 29th. Woo! Yeah, go to um, Go to comediansyoushouldknow.com. I got, um, I, I have cards in my trunk. I'll go get those. And then yeah. I'll give them to you guys. Yeah, promote um, your shit. Yeah, joekillgallon.com. Um, I'm a stand-up comedian in Chicago. I perform at Laugh Factory all the time. But I'm filming a special in two weeks. So if you guys are free on a Wednesday night, I know some of you work, but also you guys are degenerates like me. Come on out. It'll be a lot of fun. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Let's hear it for the panel. All right, for those of you guys that came here late, let me just tell you a little bit what's going on here tonight. Uh, it's the unconventional. It's the alternative to the Cubs convention. Uh, we got a thrift store over here. Dig through. Dig through the stuff. There's all sorts of gems. Like, a lot of stuff is actually pretty good stuff. Pardon the interruption, but you are not a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash sunranto where you get to listen completely ad-free and also you get the podcast much earlier. If you subscribe to our Patreon feed, go there, patreon.com slash sunranto for as little as a dollar 
you can listen early and as at free per month. Okay, now uh, because you're not a Patreon subscriber, you're gonna have to listen to another ad. You know what I'm saying? So uh, first, I want to tell you about uh, Sunranto.com/shopping. It's a way we one of the ways we keep the lights on here at the podcast. And there's many ways you can support the Sunranto show by simply buying the things that you would buy anyway. But you just buy them through us, okay? So you go to sunranto.com slash shopping, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O dot com slash shopping, and there you will find many, many links, okay? First and foremost, we have the Amazon search bar. Now, if you shop on Amazon, which who doesn't these days, unless you're one of those uh, triggered hippie types. Now, uh, you go through our Amazon search bar. There's a picture of a Cubs hat and a Cubs flag and then a search bar and you type in whatever you want into that search bar then you buy crap you already would want and then we get uh, like four cents which is awesome if a bunch of people do it but you know doesn't really happen so do it um, also uh, of note StubHub if you buy tickets on the secondary market which you should be uh, you should be buying them through StubHub and clicking on our link at sunranto.com slash shopping and then buying your tickets because then we get a, a couple cents too there's uh, Cubs gear at Fanatics and Fans Edge. There's NFL gear. There's Reebok shoes if you like those. The MLB shops, sports memorabilia, beer, wine, condoms, vibrators, mattresses, NHL, NBA. I hate clowns shirts. I mean, seriously, we got something for everybody. So go on over to sunranto.com plus shopping and buy all your crap uh, through us. And that'd be great. Uh, this show is also brought to you by my bookie. AG and um, you know <laughs> I mean <laughs> the Cubs chances at winning this year they've been sitting at plus 2400 for a while that puts them pretty much like right in the middle of the pack it's not as bad as the Pirates but it certainly is not as good as the Mets or the Twins and especially and you're going to hate to hear this the Cardinals so if you do want to place a bet on the Cubs, you could actually win some money this year if they catch lightning in a bottle. So go to mybookie.ag. They sponsor this show, and I really appreciate it. And uh, so why don't you give them the business? They're going to double your first deposit if you use promo code CHAIR. Okay? But what you should do is become a Patreon supporter and never listen to ads again. That's just my opinion. It's a dollar a month. $2 a month buys two of us a beer a year at Wrigley. $3 a month buys three of us a beer. So just do it. You never have to listen to this crap again. We just do the show as God intended. Okay? Back to the show. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.